This is the Rocky Mountain Review Podcast. I am your co-host, Gabe Peterson. And I'm your other co-host, Julia Badalese. This is the Rocky Mountain Review, the live news show that airs 4 to 5, Tuesday and Thursday, on KCSU that is turned into a podcast. And this is what you missed this week. In local news, one person is dead after a rollover accident in Fort Collins early Thursday morning. We have an update on the broadband initiative vote that happened this Tuesday, as well as all of the election results. Also, new DNA evidence links suspect to Heather Hoffman's murder back in June. We have an update on a Loveland House fire, and finally, we will have a small discussion on the bomb threat that happened earlier this week on campus. For national and global news, we have a story on AT&T having hiccups with the Time Warner purchase, as well as an overview of Trump and his visit to Southeast Asia. After that, we're going to go into our marijuana segment with our reporter Dylan Simonson. After that, we have our roundtable discussion, which is on women and their treatment in professional sports, with Shailene Flanagan coming in first overall for women in the New York City Marathon being cited specifically. We will finish our show with our music segment by Haley Justino and sports by our sports reporter Bjorn Larson. I'm Julia Badalise. And I'm Gabe Peterson. And you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. And welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am one of two co-hosts, Gabe Peterson. I am joined in studio with my other co-host, Julia Badalise. Your other co I, I mean, you differentiated, so yes, it's fine. Yes. yes. Hi. I figured it out this time. It's me. <laughs> joined with us, as always, is uh, J.D. Layton, our national news correspondent. How you doing, J.D.? I, uh, I live here, and I'm also a little sick, so I apologize no. for that right now. No one needs to know. No one knows your personal <laughs> life ever. Like, yeah. Why does it sound like he smoked 43 packs of cigarettes before he got on air? Because he did. Because I'm... I'm sick. Because <laughs> I'm sick. Uh, we have a great show uh, for you guys today, but we are going to jump right into local and uh, Fort Collins news. So, Julia, take it away. Yeah. Early yesterday morning, there was a deadly crash in Fort Collins under investigation by the police. From the Colorado win, Casa Need Ringhos reports that Luis Rodriguez Perez was the one fatal one fatality at the scene. Rodriguez Perez lost control of the vehicle and, quote, swerved off the west side of the road, struck a fence, and rolled over. Niederinghaus also reports that the passenger in the car, um, that there were two passengers in the car. One of the passengers was 18-year-old Jesus Alejandro Morales Gutierrez, I wasn't ready for that name, uh, was hospitalized at a medical center in Loveland. The other passenger was 21-year-old Jubani Mungia uh, and was reportedly cleared at the scene. Police believe that alcohol and speed may have contributed to the accident. <clears throat> and uh, now I'm going to flip it over to Gabe for uh, something about DNA evidence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Come on, JD. What? What? <laughs> something about DNA evidence. Yes. I'm like, going to be as vague as possible. What? <laughs> Draw them in. <laughs> the Coloradoans Alicia Stice reports new DNA evidence links Jeffrey Etheridge to the murder of 26-year-old Heather Hoffman back in June. Fort Collins Police Services Detective Tessa Jacobson revealed details about what investigators believed happened to Hoffman the night that she was brutally murdered and found in the shallow, muddy water in Sheldon Lake the morning after. Jacobson says DNA played a key role in determining how Hoffman was murdered and identified Etheridge as the primary suspect. Jacobson also told the courts that the evidence suggests she was also sexually assaulted the night of the crime. Investigators tested DNA found on Hoffman with DNA, sample, with DNA samples already on police files. Samples of Etheridge's DNA were found on Hoffman and his DNA was already in police systems because he is a registered sex offender in the state of Kentucky. 
Stice reports that Judge Gregory Lamons found that there was probable cause in the case and that Jeffrey Etheridge has been charged with first-degree murder, second-degree kidnapping, and tampering with the deceased body. He remains in Larimer County Jail and has a scheduled court date on January 11th. Oh, a lot of sad stories we report on, huh? I know. Yeah, I feel like all we do is deliver bad news. That's kind of a news, though, I feel like sometimes. Yeah. It's almost like if it's not bad news, it almost doesn't feel like it's news. Yeah. Bleeds sometimes to me. Can anyways, we, we, should, we should add an uplifting news segment. Yes, I agree. But anyways, All right, JD, you're in charge of it, JD. I'll, I'll bring you some uplifting news. All right. Next week. Okay, all right, bye. <laughs> the Loveland Fire Department was busy this past Monday as a fire consumed a residential house. According to Alicia's stats of the Coloradan, the fire demanded the department to send a ladder truck, a rescue truck, four engines, a battalion chief, and a fire investigator to the fire. Luckily, the resident of the house wasn't home when the fire was taking place. He was out and arrived home around 5 p.m. and found the home partially involved in flames. He ran into the house, rescued his dog, left the house, and called for help. Stats also reported that the fire didn't take long to extinguish as crews had it smothered around 5.30. The fire started in the closet of the master bedroom and only damaged part of the house, leaving the rest of the house only with serious smoke damage. Investigators are still trying to determine the cause of the fire, however, there doesn't seem to be any foul play. And uh, that was a story written by uh, our news reporter, Bjorn Larson. Our news, our, no, our news sports reporter. reporter. Oh, man. He also does news. Yeah, he he does both. He's a man of many hats and many titles. Yes. <laughs> JD, you sound like the dude before movies. Coming in the world yeah. far away. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Exactly. I was going to say, I was coming like, this is... Coming this summer. <laughs> coming this summer. News. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. I oh uh, okay. Oh yeah, it's uh it's your turn to talk. Is it my turn to talk? <laughs> well, we actually are just gonna have kind of a brief discussion on the bomb threat that happened uh, two days ago. It was um, it was Monday night or was it? T- it was Tuesday no. night. It was I Tuesday it, night. Or was it Wednesday? Um, night? Who knows? So for anybody out there who doesn't know what we're talking about, um, CSU's library, Morgan Library, got evacuated uh, this past week because of a bomb threat. Um, there's still ongoing information, so we don't necessarily have information on it, but we're just going to yeah. kind of briefly discuss. Um, <clears throat> how so, did you feel when you got that text and those emails? It was honestly kind of stressful, just like given oh, yeah. the like recent environment that CSU's uh, experienced. I mean, there was the shooting not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh man, this is this is rough. And uh, so I like I texted my, my roommate because I knew he was there. I was like, you okay, dude? He's like, yeah, no, nah, I'm just studying in the LSE. I was like, all, all right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the worst part, getting texts from people like, are you okay? Yeah. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Because like, yeah. my girlfriend texted me, and she was in the library, and she was pretty pretty upset and pretty scared. And that's that's the mm-hmm. worst part when you have like personal connections and you hear something like that. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, I don't know. I uh, People were saying, I don't know if it was just, I don't know if you guys had the same experience, but I felt like a lot of, we were getting a lot of text messages and emails, and it was almost like a little excessive. It, it did seem excessive. Yeah, yeah. If anything, it almost made it feel just uh, worse than more it actually urge, was. Like more urgent, yeah. Cause, I mean, and I think the guy just walked in and said that there was a bomb on Yeah, camp, so on I think what it was is that he walked in the library and was like, there's a bomb on the premises. And then he just walked out. I, I think what? so. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I, that's why, yeah, it's a hard thing to report on because we don't necessarily know. Yeah, we don't have, like, all the Other information. Other than that they found him at Alley Cat um, about yeah. an hour later. Yeah, something like that. Really? Um, pretty interesting, yeah. Jay Chillin. What a weird thing. Yeah, yeah I believe I, he's not even a resident of Fort Collins. I think he... It was, like, something really weird like that. Like, he's not, like, affiliated with the campus at all. Yeah, something not like at that. all. 
I just I just like how through like all the text messages, it, it seemed like uh, the police were trying to get you to follow their Twitter. You know, give them the followers they need. Yeah. So they're like, like and subscribe, follow like us on and Twitter. Subscribe, yeah. And they had three different uh, <laughs> police units there. They had the Fort Collins, they had the CSU, and then they had uh, Longmont. Mm. So it was, I mean, wow. it was pretty serious. It's uh, well, just with the past like semester, what we've gone through, it was kind of scary to experience that, especially get text messages from your yeah. girlfriend saying like, are you okay? I'm okay. And I'm, yeah. It's, it's a weird thing. It's been, a, it's been, it's been pretty interesting, which is definitely not what I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd honestly prefer if campus was quiet. Yeah. yeah for I sure. Nothing needs to happen in, in Fort Collins. Let's just keep it easy. Let's just keep, keep Fort it. Collins plur. Peace, love, unity, respect. <laughs> Red Rock's anthem right there. But plur. Let's, plur. Let's plur. do it. Plur. <laughs> All righty. Well, um, that's going to be our little discussion. And now I'm going to send it over to Julia for our one of the last local stories that we have. Yeah. Um, we have an update on the broadband initiative. So earlier this week, there was a vote on what should be done about broadband. And according to Tamara Chuang from the Denver Post, 19 cities in Colorado voted to, quote, take internet service into their own hands, effectively preventing, quote, local governments from using taxpayer dollars to build their own broadband networks. This initiative makes $150 million available to the government so they can, in turn, quote, offer broadband to its residents. From the Coloradoan, Kevin Dukin reports that this vote with, will give cities the, quote, flexibility in setting up a business model for providing high-speed internet, including in a, entering into a partnership, partnership with a private company. Mayor Wade Troxell here in Fort Collins reportedly responded to the outcome of the vote, saying he was, quote, not surprised it passed, but it was but he was surprised to the level of opposition seen to the proposal. There was quite a bit. Of yeah. Opposition. And speaking of opposition, we're just going to kind of go over all of the election results as it happened Tuesday. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's just jump right into that. Um, so first issue, 1A, uh, extending the ranch tax passed with 58 percent of the vote. So that also had a high opposition, but it did pass. Um, going to question 1B, the eliminating term limits, that was shot down pretty much unanimously. Mm. 70% of voters voted against it. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't see why you wouldn't want term limits. Yeah. That's, you yeah, don't want same. the same, I feel like you'd never want the same person in office for too long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the city broadband initiative that we just talked about passed with 57% of the vote. So it barely squeaked by, uh, especially with the low ter voter turnout that happened mm. this past uh, election. So like, like the... Like Tim Tilson said on our interview Tuesday, like every vote does matter when it comes to city elections. Oh, for sure. Um, question 2C, updating marijuana regulations passed with 71% of the votes. So they're going to go wow. back and put some, you know, new regulations on the marijuana industry up here. Hmm. Um, <coughs> Christian Drapper won Pooter School District Board of Education in District C. Okay. Uh, Jackie Marsh is now the mayor of Loveland. Jeremy Jersvig won Love Loveland. The Jersvig got me mixed up. So Jeremy Jersvig won Loveland City Council Ward 1. Uh, Kathy Wright won Loveland City Council Ward 2. Steve Olson won Loveland City Council Ward 3. Uh, the Loveland Issue 5C, which would be increasing downtown development authority, passed with 53% of the vote. Uh, Wellington Issue 5B, Wellington Fire Protection Tax, Increase passed with 61% of the vote. And finally, the Timnath issue 2D sales tax did not pass with only 40% of voters in favor. Hmm. So those are the election results 
from November 7th. Yeah. You've been, you know, not yeah. caring and not looking at news. Yeah. Here we are. Rocky Mountain Review. We'll set you straight. We'll, st- we'll set you straight. We'll tell set you the news, how it really be. How it really be. Your, your voice being so low today is really throwing me off. <laughs> uh, anyways, we're going to jump into national and global news now, and I'm going to send that right over to our national news correspondent, J.D. Ooh. Layton. That's me. Look at that transition. <laughs> <laughs> the telecommunications mogul AT&T is attempting to acquire Time Warner, owner of CNN, HBO, and Warner Bros. However, the U.S. Department of Justice is questioning the legality of the acquisition and is poised to take AT&T to court over the antitrust laws, reports Michael J. De La Marquette of the New York Times. Last week, AT&T called top antitrust officials of the Justice Department, and in a meeting, the Justice Department called on AT&T to sell off Turner Broadcasting to gain government approval. An alternative to selling off Turner Broadcasting would be for AT&T to sell off DirecTV, the satellite television provider acquired two years ago. AT&T's chief executive officer, Randall L. Stevenson, offered to sell off CNN to gain government approval, but the Department of Justice stated that would not be enough. According to Merged, the purchase would merge one of the nation's largest internet providers, uh... (laughs) and one of the nation's largest content providers. President Trump is taking a populist stance on fighting the deal, calling it a deal we will not approve in my administration because it's too much concentration of power in the hands of too few. Critics of the merger agree with the statement the president made as as they view the merger as too much consolidation of media and telecommunications. What do you think about that? You think it's too much consolidation? Honestly, it's... uh, There's... There's already a lot of people who control pretty much most of uh, the telecommunications six. Is industry. Is it still six companies? Uh, something like that. And I think it would be five if Time Warner got a Yeah, deal. it's uh, uh, like that's that's an oligopoly if I've ever seen one. Oh, absolutely. And it definitely, like that's a, a big chunk of like what we consume. So putting that in the hands of, you know, so few people really. Absolutely. I feel like that can influence agendas a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that kind of scares me. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, JD, thanks for that dramatic. Um, yeah, tone. I, I, I know. I, I can like hear it in the mic, and I'm like, wow, this just sounds like absolutely terrifying. Like there's explosions every time the word telecommunications gets echoed. You gotta cut down on the, you gotta cut down on those Marlboro Reds, dude. Those cowboy oh, killers are gonna get to you. Call me the new Marlboro man. The new Marlboro oh, man. Oh my god. All right, All right, Julia. Finishing it off. President Trump is in the midst of a twenty of a twenty-four a twelve-day trip in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Double it in my head for some reason. Uh, of a twelve-day trip in Asia and spent three days in China. Kevin Liptak from CNN reports that Trump is planning to meet in Vietnam with Russian President Vladimir Putin, and in South Korea, Trump was also engaged in a joint press conference with Moon Jae-in, the South Korean president, on Tuesday. Trump said at the joint conference that North Korea should quote come to the table and make a deal that's good for the people of North Korea and the people of the world. According to Jeremy Diamond of CNN, Trump and Jay in visited a military base 40 miles south of Seoul uh, called Camp Humphreys on Tuesday. During this time, Trump shook hands with service members both and had lunch. Diamond also reports that there were, quote, a a small number of anti-Trump protests in different locations around the city Tuesday to mark his visit. From the Washington Post, Anna Fifield reports that Trump made a speech in South Korea earlier this week. In his speech, he, quote, devoted a large part of his address to detailing the human rights abuses by Kim Jong-un. Fifield also reports that an escapee from North Korea was, quote, impressed by Trump's speech, saying that, quote, we just don't hear people talking about North Korea in this way in South Korea. 
The National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster told reporters last week the president's trip will focus on three goals. First, strengthening international uh, resolve to denuclearize North Korea. Second, promote a free and open Indo-Pacific region. Third, advance American prosperity through fair and reciprocal trade and economic practices. It's a pretty strong. So you said that North Korean man said that he was impressed by Trump's speech? So, yeah, he was from North Korea. He said he was an escapee and he was impressed. Hmm. But I mean... It's a strong statement. Yeah. It is a strong statement for sure. Um, I mean, I also feel like it is pretty easy to say that, though. Trump is also one of those people that is very blunt about the things that he says. So I could definitely see why someone from North Korea would be like, oh, yeah, someone's finally standing up to him, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting to, you know, he's bashing on North Korea, obviously. He's not a fan. And then that guy says he was impressed. It, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No. yeah. yeah I, th- I think it's a good stance. And I mean... What there were protests outside the U.S. embassy Which in is Seoul against uh, Trump, An American president. Yeah, and I th- I think part of it too is uh, for that it's like they're worried that like a nuclear conflict would, um, if escalated, co- South Korea would definitely take a brunt of that burden. That's a lot of people to yeah. potentially be put in the face of danger. So, you think American media has influenced those protests at all? Or you think it's just because of the nuclear um, um, possible fallout for South Korea? I, mm. I don't know if I'd say American media has done it, but I, I guess I don't know too much. I think a lot of it definitely yeah. has to do with the imminent threat of, of danger. Because, yeah. I mean, it's like you've got a country with several thousand artillery units pointed at your capital 100% of the time, and all they need is the word shoot, and they'll go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that will conclude local, national, and global news. We'll be coming back here with music and sports, and then after that, we'll be coming into uh, our roundtable discussion. If you want to call or text in at any time and just let us know what you're thinking and your opinions, that number is going to be 970-491-5278. Um, yeah, we'll be coming back here with uh, music and sports. We're mixing up the order a little bit today. So, what is um, the what's the roundtable going to be today? Oh, roundtable discussion is going to be on uh, women in uh, sports yep. and just kind of like pretty much in response to Shalane Flanagan mm-hmm. the New York City Marathon winner <clears throat> yes Shalane yes. Flanagan I believe um, yeah. yeah just uh, in the light of her you know doing so well what um, does that mean for the gender sports what does it mean for the gender <laughs> what does it mean for the gender <laughs> <laughs> the gender <laughs> the gen- anyway you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins The Fort Collins Food Co-op is a proud underwriting sponsor of KCSU. The Fort Collins Food Co-op is a community-owned grocery store in the heart of Fort Collins, which encourages healthy food and a healthy planet. The Food Co-op is open to the public and is located in downtown Fort Collins at 250 East Mountain Avenue. KCSU thanks the Fort Collins Food Co-op for their underwriting support. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am your co-host, Gabe Peterson. I'm joined in studio with Julia Badalise. I'm the co-host. Yes, you are the other co-host. <laughs> the, yes, I don't know where the other ones do. I don't know where the other co-host is. I don't know what they're doing. They're not putting in their effort. They're not. It's just me and you all. Not the time. putting in the work. <laughs> Anyways, we are joined by other people, though. We are joined by <laughs> Bjorn Larson, our sports hey, reporter. What's up? The sports guy. Yeah, sports guy. Uh, and we are joined by Haley Justino, our local news manager. Mm-hmm. Local music. Director, no. local music. There Sorry, did I say go. news? All, all he knows is muse. You got to give him a break. That's yeah. all right. <laughs> That's all right. Music, music news. So it counts. 
All right. Well, I think we're going to flip it over to Bjorn first for uh, sports. Yep. Uh, I'll start off with the cross-country team. Fresh off its first ever Mountain West cross-country title, the Colorado State cross-country team will continue its season this Friday at the NCAA Mountain Regional in Logan, Utah. The Colorado State men's team are ranked 8th and take on a very tough field, including CU, BYU, and Southern Utah. The women's team has as challenging as a field as they will race against top-ranked CU, New Mexico, and Utah. The team is looking for an NCAA championship berth with a good result at this race. The CSU golf team finished third at the St. Mary's Invitational this past weekend. The Rams started the final day in fifth, but moved up to ten, moved up after ten birdies and no bogeys on the front nine. Freshman Parathakorn Suyarsi led a trio of Rams in the top 20 as he shot a three under 68 in the last round to tie for eighth at five under 208. The team has now completed its fall schedule and will hit the links again starting in February. The Rams volleyball team is back in action today against Nevada. This is the team's first game since clinching the Mountain West title. Each opponent for the remainder of the season will serve as preparation for the NCAA tournament that begins in mid-December, allowing injured players to get fully healthy and trying out new game plans and seeing what will work best in the tournament is what the team will do in preparation. The team knows what to expect from Nevada after sweeping them earlier this year. The road trip this weekend continues when the ladies travel to San Jose State on Saturday. Colorado State football is fresh off two consecutive losses and takes on a very good Boise State football team this weekend. Boise State was picked to win the Mountain West at the beginning of the year and looks to be trending in that direction after being 5-0 in conference play. Colorado State needs to step up their defense in order to contest in this game, says head coach Mike Bobo. The game is a late one starting at 8.30 and on the in on-campus field. Uh, that is your sports. Thank you, Bjorn. Yeah. That, that yeah. is your sports. That is, that is them. <clears throat> Too bad for the uh, football team. Yeah, they had pretty. They had a good season. They started out really hot. Yeah, and then Air Force came in here and just absolutely embarrassed the entire team. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> they take that as a learning embarrassed process. Embarrassed the entire and team. Can turn yeah, it around. That, yeah, it was bad. Anyways, thank you, Bjorn. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Haley, we're gonna jump into our music segment real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So there's been a great number of new releases this uh, past weekend and yesterday from local local Colorado musicians. We had The Hollow putting out their latest music video and latest single Sleep Talking last weekend, and The Sir Band just released their latest single Waiting um, online, and you can find those, I'm sure, on their Facebook, respective Facebook pages. And then for events coming up uh, around town and in Fort Collins, we have Porlolo and Stella Luce tomorrow for the CSU Stadium Sessions, 4.15 p.m. at the Alumni Center at the new stadium. We have Boss Eagle, local rapper. His album release party and listening party is going to be November 17th at the LSC here on the CSU campus. And then looking forward to December after they return from their European tour, the Gasoline Lollipops will be having their album release party in FOCO December 31st uh, for a New Year's Eve release party. So that's what we're looking forward to this coming, in the next coming months from wonderful artists that we've worked with in the past and i'm excited to see what what comes from them and what what new music we can look forward to from these acts do can you, you hold sorry sorry oh Julia. wow we both had questions well, i didn't um, have a question what was the band's name gasoline pops the gasoline lollipops mm-hmm. yeah wow. we've had them uh just in the studio in october they were here you can find that podcast mm-hmm. on our website kcsufm.com they were really fun to have around um clay rose and uh, is a great singer and great songwriter. What kind of genre are they? They are typically kind of a like upbeat bluegrass 
kind of band but when we had them in the studio in october um it was just an acoustic duo set with just guitar vocals and um upright bass so that was really cool to see their songs kind of stripped down but yeah I, their live shows are um a lot more upbeat and i'll have a lot more people on stage yeah wow they, they sound are cool. they um are they headlining do you know when they go on their europe european tip, trip or? i actually did not look into that but i think it they are it is their like their specific tour to kind okay. of promote this new album that's coming out they're going through um belgium the netherlands like kind of northern european and then they're coming back here um to release their album here Ooh, hmm. someone actually just texted in and said that uh gasoline lollipops are uh, we're good we're really good we've been talking about them enough that everyone's just like hey absolutely yeah that was a great session and Every every live session that we have in here is a fun time. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, and you do a great job, Haley. Oh, thank you. I yeah. try. I try my gosh darn best. Yeah, you coordinate a lot. You do a good job. Thank She's you. like appreciation, appreciation. Is what I need. <laughs> I love that validation. Yes. <laughs> love that validation. All right. Um, so that's it. That that's all I got for music news right now. So cool. Well, thank right. you, Haley, for joining us. Absolutely. Bjorn, thank yep. you again for sports. Yeah. yeah. No worries. Um, anyway, uh, we're going to be going into our roundtable in uh, just a few minutes. We'll be going into um, women and their place in sports, um, especially with uh, Shane Lane, Shalane Flanagan. Flanagan. Yes, yeah, Shalane Flanagan from Boulder, who, Colorado. Yeah, from Boulder, Colorado, who just got who just got first in uh, for women in uh, the New York City Marathon. Um, if you want to get a part of that discussion at all, make sure to call or text into nine seven zero four nine one five two seven eight. We'll be getting into that in uh, just a couple minutes. But uh, yeah, you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Hey, thanks for listening to KCSU. It's a CSU home football game today. And unfortunately, that means you just missed our new program. The KCSU Pregame Show, brought to you by Order Up. It's our new live radio show broadcasting outside the Lori Student Center. Tune in to hear our student sports commentators enlighten you on all the dirt you need to know before each CSU home football game. Listen to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins three hours before every home football game. You'll catch our new one-hour sports program, the KCSU Pregame Show, brought to you by Order Up. Go Rams! And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am your co-host, Gabe Peterson. Uh, Julia Badalese, the other co-host. <laughs> I was like, I yes. <laughs> yes, that is my name. She <laughs> is also here. She is also here. That means J.D. Layton, our new national news correspondent, is back. Mm -hmm. And I've uh, apparently been given the oh. title of uh, movie announcer as well now. Okay, yes. don't let it get to your head, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was kidding. like the evilest laugh. <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> And joining us in studio for our roundtable discussion is Tatiana Parafinic Talisnik, the collegian editor. Ooh, good pronunciation. <sighs> Dude, I wrote it out earlier. I wrote out your full name, and I got so excited. I was like, I don't think wow. I messed any of wow. this up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks for joining us, Tatiana. Um, so let's jump into roundtable. So on, was it this weekend that she won? When was the New York City Marathon? Uh, yes. This weekend. <laughs> this weekend. Okay. <laughs> when was it? Yes. I, so that's a good question. I actually don't know. <laughs> I, wish, I probably should have prepared a little better. Okay. Well, Shalane Flanagan was the first woman in over forty or U.S. 
United States American woman to win in 40 years. Not since um, 1977, man. Which is wow. a long time. Yeah, that yeah, would be over real. 40 years. Yeah, and uh, I think the most interesting part about it is she <laughs> threw her back out in December. So she, oh, yeah, had, that's she right. had That's right. She had to skip training so and she amazing. had to do uh, um, different training than she usually does, but she mm. won for the first time. And it was exci- it's exciting. Yeah, she's a phenomenal runner oh, and absolutely. a great representation for for Colorado marathon runners yes. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, plug. Honestly, even though it's Boulder, <laughs> we can still give her the plug. Nah, right. dude, she's she's got my heart and spirit. She wore the flag on her back. Yeah, she went we through. She do you run? I do. Oh, a lot. <laughs> really? A lot. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite kind of shoe? Uh, my favorite kind of shoe. Uh, I'm a, I'm a you sucker for Brooks. No, A6 is Brooks. trash. Um, Asics is trash. Asics is trash. Yeah, Asics when I worked at trash. When I worked at Sports Authority, that was the highest selling show. Okay, left. I feel like we're getting right, a little we're off totally topic. Totally, completely derailed here. Let's, let's come it's back a roundtable about shoes. About Sports Authority. <laughs> what is the what is the best shoe? Let's go to JD because he, apparently he has the best voice right now. Um. Well, anyways, I was just joking. I, I was like, I don't, I, <laughs> I have nothing to say. But off the Shalane Flanagan thing, we kind of uh, had a discussion about how does that um, portray women in sports and. I guess it comes down to the whole, because there is a discrepancy in pay for women athletes and male athletes. Um, Tatiana, what are your thoughts on, let's let's maybe focus on a sport where um, it's it's almost like inseparable, which is soccer. The mm, women's soccer mm, team is yeah. very dominant. Uh, right. Three world titles since 1992. The men's has never gotten past the quarterfinals, uh, but they make you know hundreds of millions of more dollars. Uh, what is your thought on that? Well, I think that that kind of reflects um in a lot of different ways. I, I think we have that, that is a big idea, it's something that's interesting, but that's something we deal with here on this campus, where we have a volleyball team that is amazing. Like, consistently our best team is our volleyball team. We're actually gonna be writing an article about this in the Collegian in the next week, so check it out. Plugging <laughs> the Collegian. Plugging the Collegian is oh, what man. I'm here for. No, but I, I think that we see that here where we have a team that is phenomenal, and then we have teams that are like, eh, and like we build stadiums for those teams. We like dedicate our lives to those st- teams. And then we have an actually fantastic team that people don't read those articles. They don't read those articles. They don't go to those games. They don't pay for those um, tickets. So it's, it's. I think there's just like an, uh, it's interesting to me how we view women and how we value women. Even if we have like this empirical measure of talent and we're like, wow, this team is great. One would say greater than this other team, but we can't, we can't show up for them. Well, I mean, why do you think that is? Like, why doesn't the volleyball get their own stadium as opposed to, like, the football team? Right. Um, I think that, like, you'll hear it. I think it's kind of a, a lot of comedians I've heard make jokes about female sports. And that always gets, like, a nice chuckle. And men are like, oh, women, sports, uh, they suck. Um, and it's, I think it's, it, it comes down to, for me, like, this inherent inability to see women as people. Um, and at least people equal to men. Uh, we see male sports as more exciting and more aggressive and more fun, even if, like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> we have another team that's actually dominating, whether you're talking about U.S. Uh, women's soccer or here on campus, uh, women's volleyball, women's basketball, too. Like, Yeah. It is important. I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, Tatiana, I think you have a good, great point. Um, but when it comes to soccer, uh, the United States women's team did get beat by uh, 15 and under Males boy team and the Australians women's team Ooh. routinely gets beat by uh, the 16 and under national team men's. So that's an interesting thing. What do you think right. about that, Julia? 
I'm confused on what you were saying. So he's saying that the women's national team was beat by high school boys. We got a text. Oh, what did they say? Okay, I agree. It's up to the consumer, the students, and the fans to choose to watch women's sports. Volleyball is amazing. I go to every game. The women's basketball team is also way better than the men's team, and that is a true statement. They are. <laughs> yeah, they, they've got a substantially better record. Yes, they are much better. So how do we impr- how do we improve revenue for women's sports? How does that how do we yeah, get where on do you, track? Where do, you, where do you start with that? Because that's a big thing right there, and that's a lot for about sure. um, like the demand for for sports, and you, you end up getting into the nitty gritty of the economics of like what makes uh, you know a media consumable? Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. There's there's phenomenal athletes on both sides. But, like, what do people want to see? Right. I mean, I think what you, what's been brought up about, like, uh, when you have male and female teams competing, like, yeah, like, that's real. And I don't want to, I, I think it's not, I don't think it's useful to pretend like it doesn't and pretend like men and women are exactly the same. And I don't, I don't want to say that they're the same. I don't want to, I think that that makes any kind of feminist movement hard to relate to and hard to care about. Right. Because that's just nonsensical. So, um, but what I can say is that like, it's bizarre to me when female sports are doing better than male sports when they're not getting equal attention. Yeah. I think what the 2014 women's national cup is like the most watched soccer game in American history. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. And they won 5-2 to two against Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Carly Lloyd, the star of that game, uh, scored a hat trick. She, uh, with like Abby Wambach and Hope Solo, they kind of started that whole petition like a few years ago saying that women should be paid as much as the men do yeah. because they do, they do create uh, a lot of revenue and like when mm-hmm. you play they both signed contracts at the beginning of the year that says, like, if you play 20 games, like, you get this amount of money. Like, the right. women don't get paid for over those 20 games, but mm-hmm. the men do. So um, maybe that's a little fixture, just, like, give them, like, incentives and all that kind of stuff. But um, And, like, the Portland uh, uh, women's MLS team that's up there has, like, 170 straight sold-out games. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, like, 26,000 people that attend their games. So people do want to watch women's sports because women's sports are, you know, fundamentally sound and they're great and they have just as great athletes as men. But... Um, I don't know. I don't know what's the, how do we fix the the pay gap? Yeah. I mean, I think there's just like a culture shift. I think that it, I mean, in any issue like this, it's matched with like culture shift and institutional shifts and they have to both be happening, right? Because if our culture changes and our institutions don't, then it's not worth anything. And if our institutes are creating policy that is giving people equal pay or giving people equal opportunity, equal funding, uh, and you're not having a culture shift, then people, the consumer isn't buying in still, right? Mm-hmm. So it just, I think they happen side by side um, and just kind of pull each other along. So I just think we have to have conversations about women as like, as athletes and as people. Like, I don't, oh, what was that scandal a couple weeks ago where we had uh, a football player was kind of mocking a female oh, journalist? Newton. Yeah, there we go. That's it. Um, <laughs> where he, he said, it's funny to me that a woman would ask me about routes. Right. And it's like, she's there. Like, yeah. She's there interviewing you. Like, what, do you, well, what was she going to ask about? Is, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. What was she going to ask about? Mm-hmm. It's not like a woman in the street approached him to talk to him about routes. He's like at a press conference. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> right. Like, isn't that bizarre it's, that he's like, what? It's absurd to think that you have to be like a certain gender just to be able to ask you a question about what your profession is. Right. And like, I feel like being at a sports press conference would probably pretty like easily qualify you as someone who knows about sports. Like, is yeah. it, you'd is assume it, most people that are, you know, a part of the press at a sports conference would, you right. know, understand yeah. what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't. I I think you brought up a good question, a good point with um, 
what do we do with if it comes down to a consumer issue, what do we do to change that? And then what do we do to change the culture? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. It's funny because I feel like I say the same things on your show. I'm like the feminist <laughs> voice. Is, but I think it just comes down to re-envisioning uh, women. And, and not as something new and something strange and weird and crazy, but re-envisioning women as people. And like when they do well, go to their games. Well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I don't think people yeah. aren't looking at women as like people, people when they yeah. play sports. But I think it's like... You know, you see Russell Westbrook take two dribbles and jump 46 inches in the air and then have, like, his head above the rim and throw a monstrous dunk. Like, that's just probably going to be more entertaining than, you know, a great shot or a great Mm -hmm. layup, you know? So that's where it comes into play. But, you know, when it comes to CSU specifically, the women's volleyball team won the Mountain West. That's awesome. We should go out and celebrate. We should... We should go to those games. The women's soccer team balls out every year. I mean, we've only had it for a few years on campus, I think. I'm not particularly certain, honestly, but... I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I think you sure. just have to have find the fan base of the team that you really enjoy. Yeah. You know, like that Portland soccer team draws, you know, a lot of people, both men and women, to their games because, you know, Portland, they love soccer and they love to support their localities. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's where it starts is support your local, your local teams and whatnot. Because cool. in here in Colorado, I don't think we don't have a WNBA team. We don't have a... Do we have? I don't think we have an MLS. I don't know. We have an MLS team, but not mm-hmm. a female. But not a MLS female. Team. I don't think we have any professional female sports in Colorado. Um, I, we might not, have a female we, lacrosse no, team. Yeah, we I might. Think we yeah, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like baseball. Yeah, you know, I, basketball. I, I think a lot of it too ends up depending on the sport too. Like how much, uh, like how, how many people are watching. Like going to Flanagan, I'm I'm probably the only one in the room who's actively watched running events. Yes, you <laughs> are. Yeah, <laughs> I have not. Because mm-hmm. I I think they're fascinating in like. Uh, but like, they're they're not getting paid the big bucks to go run around the track or anything like that. Um, what and, is the compensation for winning the marathon? Uh, I, it is not a lot. It is. Uh, it is not. Yeah, a I would substantial imagine it's like a prize. Like, it's prize. not a income. Yeah. Bragging it's, rights. It's more like a, a pride thing, and you can get sponsored by by different people. But like, I, I think a lot of it ends up going down to like the media coverage for it and. And you, you mentioned a, a cultural shift. Do you? How do you feel like that would happen if, if we, we ended up making that shift and we're starting to view and, and consume these, this media at, a, at the same rate? Do you feel like it would saturate the market and would end up devaluing sports as a whole? Mm, well, <laughs> I might... I mean, I, essentially, are you just like looking at like... I'm just saying it's like we, as, as uh, sports consumers, we're watching you know, more women's games... Um, we're watching, you know, a lot of WNBA. We're consuming a lot more female MLS mm-hmm. up, up to about the same level as, right. as the male counterpart. Right. Um, I mean, like, I think hypothetically, then, aren't we just choosing what is the most entertaining and aren't we just choosing um, what is doing the best and it's no longer? And then it becomes like a choice of personal preference and, the, and it's not such a gendered choice. I, I don't know. I think that, um, I, I don't know. I'm not too concerned. I, with I, I over- guess. Sorry, I'm not no, trying to cut you off. Um, I, I guess it, from the way you say it like that, it sounds like a part of that's already being taken into account, although it is a little gendered in the way it comes out, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because it definitely undervalues, um, phenomenal athletes. Right. I think that for me, like, I'm not super concerned with an oversaturation of sports in our um in in the media or like as consumers there's just so many sports to choose from like i don't care that much because like 
I think that when we just focus on specific teams, we start to get these like mega stars who are getting millions and millions of dollars for existing. Mm-hmm. And then all of the problems that come with that is that like this this path to superstardom comes with like issues of people not knowing how to save and not knowing how to do how to control and then people playing even with injuries and people playing with even with concussions. So if we start to like put less of an emphasis and, and it's less it's stardom instead of superstardom, I think that might even be a good thing. Hmm. Right? Okay, like if all yeah. of our athletes are awesome and we appreciate them instead of all of our athletes are gods in this country. Yeah, no, and I, I think that goes to a point because I like I look at some of my idols and I and I, I like think of Bobby Orr and I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, what a great hockey player. That dude mm-hmm. was awesome. Flowing mane, <laughs> fought everybody, he would you know fought skate everyone skate through injuries. Hockey. Yeah. Um <laughs> But it, it's it's like a good point. Is that is that necessarily something that should be um, you know, idolized as much right yeah and i'm not trying to dog on people like who have icons i think having icons and leaders and people who inspire you is probably an essential part of being in like a society and being enculturated into societies you're like that that person's great i would like to be great like that person (laughs) but does that person need millions and millions of dollars does that person need to be excused when they do crime does that person need Mm -hmm. to play through concussion over after concussion after concussion right like all of these issues that happen when when we just give these people millions of dollars and give these people kind of endless passes Mm -hmm. well i mean you do give people millions of dollars like if like let's talk about the nfl and concussions and uh that kind of stuff i mean they generate billions of dollars like they have to you can't just have all the owners take that so you know you have to give people millions and i don't know to give somebody like lebron james coming out of high school as 18 years old to be the chosen one the king he makes a multi-million dollar contract (laughs) as soon as he comes out i mean that's where people do get in a lot of trouble um but it is it's just you know people buy the stuff they buy the jerseys they watch the games they buy the the ads that are on the commercials when it comes to breaks so it's just this big revenue thing and i don't know we probably could see a culture shift to more um stuff in women's sports because espn has started to devote a lot of their stuff to women's sports they cover wnba um when it's on like regularly they have wnba games all over espn when it's during the season Mm -hmm. um and they still they generate good good revenue and good money um i think I think it is turning guess, to a culture change a little bit. I guess just making sure that that revenue is going towards the people that are, you know, responsible but for it. You know what I mean? deserve it, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and so, like, it, it, that money shouldn't go to all the owners, for sure. Because no, then you have, like, not. owners who are, like, princes in this country. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, Jerry and just, Jones. And just profiting off of the effort of their players, which is, like, ends up being, like, this weird power dynamic of, mm-hmm. like, owning people and then profiting off of their labor like not so great yeah but they do they they go with it though yeah i mean they i mean it is their job like <laughs> right. it, like do they deserve millions of dollars i think that they do i mean like yeah. think about what they do especially nfl players they go mm-hmm. out there but that's a different conversation we're talking about gender we're talking about gender so much i mean like everything yeah. everything is connected like that's what makes these conversations impossible especially when you're talking mm-hmm. about gender because gender permeates everything oh for so, sure like it's worth exploring like do people deserve to be paid a lot for what they do yes if they work super hard um but i just I, to me there's just no ignoring how we treat um male and female athletes differently last year i covered uh the issue of a track athlete here at csu and a star basketball player here at csu mm-hmm. and I that. yeah yep. their relationship was highly publicized because he had been arrested twice on accounts of domestic violence um and that's an issue that is 
um, something that needs to be taken care of. Like yeah, Zeke Elliott, for example, right now just got suspended finally after six months of yeah. going back and forth. That's unbelievable. Right. I mean, if you get charged with domestic or domestic violence, I mean, well, if like if it had been you or me, we would have been you know charged pretty much immediately. Oh, immediately. And that would have gone yeah, through I know, and it's very Zeke, fast. And he's because, one of the best running backs in yeah. the league. So um, yeah. It, it's yeah so that's a different conversation yeah that's too. again that's a different conversation and like i um so like if there's any listeners who have any kind of opinion about uh, this athlete june clavel um i think i could like go back and forth about what happened and what that situation was forever but another an interesting element to this for me was that stephanie best came to talk to me and she talked about the issue the issue with the basketball player the issue with the relationship and these are all interesting and important but she also talked about the issue she faced with the university and how uh, when it came to Title IX coordinating, uh, the Title IX coordinator who is meant to like help women and men be equal, um, Stephanie Best a lot of times came out the losing side of this. And her complaint to me was like, yeah, he is the star basketball player, but I'm also an athlete. And mm-hmm. I'm also, she was a track athlete, and she continued to win awards for her, her athleticism. So uh, when it came, they shared the same psychologist. And so then after all this happened, the sports psychologist decided to only take on June Clavel. And then when it came to time in the gym, according to Best, like, uh, they had to remain a certain distance away from each other. So even if she needed the gym if he was there he was prioritized at least that Mm -hmm. was what she told me coming out of it yeah i I remember reading that right so it's like just situations like that where um we seem to have like we care about one type of athlete more than the other yeah that that seems to to devalue her substantially more like uh like a a barrier a sort of like this is where he's going this is where you can't go right where it's Mm -hmm. not the other way around Mm -hmm. when it should be like well I, I would think that it should be like, you all got into this conflict. He is to blame technically under the law to the, for this conflict. Like the gym is yours, but that's not yeah. what that's not what she experienced. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she experienced struggling for gym time, losing her sports psychologist, like losing losing again because um, he was just so clearly prioritized. And she was like, and I remember being like, yeah, because he's a star basketball player. And she, I think she stopped me in that interview, and it was and it was good. She called me out. She was like, she's like, I'm like a star track player. Like I am not nobody. When you say gym time, do you mean what? What do you mean like the like lifting? working out at Moby? arena okay so mm-hmm. like in the lifting yeah. area okay because right. i was gonna say he is a basketball player so i mean he needs the, the basketball gym and i thought right. you were talking about the basketball gym but if right. you're she talking about the, the weightlifting gym. just yeah just like working right. out and using mobius resources yeah okay um we've gotten a lot of texts in today haven't we yeah um it's, this, it's this text yeah, actually read some of them yeah. Texted in and said, uh, if you want to talk about awesome sports that feature women as athletes and want to support local sports and local athletes, uh, check derby. out the roller derby. It's exactly what she said, it. actually. Uh-huh. Roller derby's phenomenal. Uh, those girls those girls go hard. It is amazing. Yeah. I actually ha- I went to one when I was about eight years old because my best friend's mom did it and it was a lot of it was a lot of fun i had a lot of fun really i'm not i haven't even, i didn't even know that was like it's, a thing. it's an experience you really it's ought intense. to go see it sometime yeah you they're should. phenomenal absolutely yeah so i think that might uh wrap up the conversation cool thanks yeah. for having yeah, me yeah, yeah thanks having so much for having me um, <laughs> seriously <laughs> so we're gonna oh, take thank you movie man <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break here at the rocky mountain review when we come back we are going to have our uh, marijuana segment with Dylan Simonson Pot and, talk. Pot talk, and, and of gonna... course the most important segment of all of Rocky Mountain. Oh man, Rocky Mountain I look Review. forward to this every day. The oh, weather God. coming soon. The weather, the station near you. Okay, weather. Gabe Peterson. Gabe with Peterson. The weather.
with a weather update unlike anything you've ever heard. Oh, can you can you do that after this break? <laughs> after Talk this break, can it. you please introduce all the segments now? At least until you, until your voice comes um, back. Until to, I'm healthy. Until, yeah, we will milk the sounding. sickness for what it's worth. We'll just keep <laughs> you sick forever. <laughs> just a little sick. Just just on just the a very little edge. sick. All right. Well, you are listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Stay tuned. Uh, only here on ninety point five KCSU Fort Collins. Facing an unexpected pregnancy, Alpha Center provides pregnancy testing and nurses to help you understand your options and provide ultrasounds. Alpha Center is a Christian nonprofit that provides confidential consultation and can be reached at 970-221-5121 to schedule your appointment with a medical professional. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am your co-host, Gabe Peterson, with Julia Badalese, the other co-host. Yes, the yes. other co-host. The other, mm-hmm. the other, other co-host. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so we're going to be going into our marijuana segment as well as weather after that. And uh, we're going to have JD do all of that, though, because he's gonna he has the fancy movie voice today. Coming up next, oh a talk God. unlike anything you've ever experienced. <laughs> And it's time to talk pot <laughs> on Pot Talks. Why are you Only like this? Only at 90.5 <laughs> oh KCSU <my> FM. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, Dylan, yeah, take it away, man. Well, that was that was a great introduction. I don't know how I can follow that up. Uh, you can't. You can't. <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about marijuana businesses and how to get into them. So with the new industry booming the way it is, many people want to get into the marijuana business, but they don't know how. There are several ways to go about this, and they don't involve becoming a drug dealer. Um, so for all legal marijuana work, a person has to get an MED occupational license. Um, these are good for two years at a time. Uh, Colorado.gov states that there are two types of these licenses. There's the basic support employee one, which is for people like bud tenders, wax blasters, receptionists, and trimmers. Um, most people are going to be applying for this type of license who want in the industry. Um, they cost $75. Uh, The other option is the key employee badge, which costs $250. Uh, This is for people who plan to have jobs that make operational or management decisions that directly impact the business, according to Colorado.gov. They use the example of a master grower here, but it would also include owners, managers, you know, things like that. Uh, So these licenses can be attained by appointment at four locations in Colorado, in Lakewood, Colorado Springs, Longmont, and Grand Junction, and their specific addresses can be found on Colorado.gov's website. Um, A background check is done after the appointment where they take the fee and the pre-filled application, and your picture and fingerprints are also taken. So jobs like owners and master growers require a lot more knowledge and initial finances to become not to say that these other occupations don't need a good deal of knowledge to do well they just require even more so master growers for example need to know a lot about biology about these plants and the horticulture and have skills in these fields um owners need business knowledge obviously and a big wallet to help finance the initial cost and upkeep of everything because that's not cheap um So, other ways you can get involved in the industry include simple things that don't require these licenses, um, such as owning stock. Um, There's a few marijuana stocks out there, you know, uh, MJNA, ACB, MEDFF, to name just a few. Most of these types of stocks are under a dollar, and none are really above $2 per share. 
uh, when you look at them on investing websites like Investopedia and The Motley Fool. Um, many investors advise against these stocks, but with marijuana's rapid acceptance into popular culture and medicine, these stocks do have the potential to skyrocket if nationwide legalization happens, or they could go the other way, of course. Um, a person can also become a journalist for marijuana, but that's my job, so it's taken. Sorry, world. Um, <laughs> you can't you can't have it. Uh, well, actually, you could, but uh, it's another job that doesn't require special licenses, just an all of knowledge of marijuana and its culture and proficient writing skills. So cool. Um, so let's start off with the questions. Of course. <laughs> um, so. For all the marijuana work, you have to get an MED occupational license, mm. um, and, you, and it's only good for two years at a time, so you have to yeah. reapply every single time, right? Uh, every two years, you do have to reapply. And you have to reapply before the two years is up, or as soon as the two years is up? Uh, you would want to do it before, so there's not that gap period that you have in between of just not having your license, so you can't work somewhere. Yeah. Um, so you would want to apply before the license expires. Well, how long if if I'm if I'm trying to open a dispensary and I go down to the MED place, um, how long is that paperwork going to have to go through? Like, how long is that paperwork going to take? <laughs> He's place? planning his business right now here on air. Um, shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it all depends. Um, it can depend on the time of the year. Um, a lot of times, these things. Um, just getting your med card can take. Do you six... get a discount by Christmas? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, uh, unfortunately not. Um, but like, there's times of the year where more people are trying to get their license um than others it's not I would imagine springtime yeah normally around springtime is mm -hmm. a little bit you know more crazy and then around fall there's a drop off a bit um but yeah it, it can take anywhere between like four weeks to you know two months okay um the time's really varied and they do need to get on that better and you know make yeah. it more efficient so like right here if you want to become like a manager it's a 250 dollars application fee mm -hmm. okay um isn't like aren't like multiple states like thousands of dollars like aren't, aren't like certain states like i'm looking at something right now on the dispensary experts and they said their initial application fee was four grand that's substantial compared to 250 so, is it just colorado that's separate from other states or? so that's the actual application fee for i believe owning a business okay. um the $250 fee is more so to just... You have a license? Yeah. Okay. Um, Do you know what it would be in Colorado for an initial application fee? Uh, for an initial application fee, I don't. Okay. I've had several people I know who have tried opening dispensaries, and the final cost in the entire thing comes to be above a million dollars. Yeah, and um, it's very expensive. Wow. And it's non-refundable like, yeah, stuff, too, especially with the application. Yeah. Um, so w if somebody wants to open up a dispensary... Um, what kind of limitations do they have? Like if they have a misdemeanor, are they prevented from opening? <clears throat> if they have any kind of felony, are there like certain limitations for who can actually own one? Yeah, there are definitely certain limitations. Um, it, it depends on like misdemeanors you should be fine on, um, but felonies you normally, if not 100% of the time, will not be allowed to open a dispensary or a lot of times even just work in one. So. I think it's because I think I just out of my knowledge or whatever it's i think it's five years after a felony is like the the least amount of years you have to apply for a business license but uh, it depends on the felony yeah um like if you murdered somebody and got out i don't think you're gonna yeah you aren't gonna be able to do much yeah. <laughs> there yeah but for more minor things you know um 
Like there's, you know, going to prison for yeah. selling pot. Yeah. Like even then, a lot of times you still won't be allowed to work in the industry. Well, yeah, I mean, I would imagine that if you're a felon and you get out, you can't vote, can't own a gun, probably mm. can't own a dispensary. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's talk about the stock market. You yeah. said that, uh, you know, if nationwide legalization <laughs> you J- happens. You took JD's question, apparently. Yeah, I was, oh, was going to ask about that. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to ask it? I'll, I'll ask. Go so. You, you mentioned owning stocks. How does that work relatively nationally? Because I feel like it would, uh, it's not, uh, marijuana is not legal nationally. No. Um, so if you were to purchase stocks, let's say you live in uh, like Texas, it's it's not legal mm-hmm. there. I feel like that would, it's, it, would that technically be a part of the legal activity? I'm, I'm not. No. Um, so these stocks are still traded on like NASDAQ and stuff like okay. that. Um, like, MJNA, um, they're a company that basically uh, does only CBD products. So um, CBD is legal in a lot more states than marijuana is. Um, And it doesn't matter that it's not legal nationally. It's still publicly traded. So it's gone through the SEC and it's determined legal to be sold publicly. Okay. I I guess I just thought of it. It it would be like... uh... If you're looking at it from a national level, it's like uh, investing in drug trade. Yeah, um, so that's one of the reasons a lot of investors suggest against it is because they're concerned about the crackdowns that the federal government can implement and come in. Uh, but that's nor from what we've seen in the past, that's not a big worry or should be a big worry of yours. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, hey, uh, thanks for joining us, Dylan. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. So that is our uh, bi-monthly pot talk. talk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we are going to close the show with uh, weather, I Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Oh we, need, we need a nice okay. transition over Get here, it. please. Get it. Weather. It's everywhere. And you're about to hear it from our own in-studio <laughs> meteorologist, Gabe Peterson. Oh my god, I wish your voice was kind of like that. I kind of wish it was too. <laughs> it's a great radio voice. I'd for probably you. get more dates, let's be honest. Oh, maybe. <laughs> You're already a ladies man though, GD. Weather. Anyway. Anyways, moving on to Friday's forecast. It's going to be a high of 51, low of 33, uh, partly cloudy, um, but no precipitation whatsoever. So it's going to be a dry day. Saturday for the football game against Boise State. It's going to be a high of 54, but it looks around game time. It's going to be around 40 degrees, 38 degrees. So you're going to want to wear your winter coat. And then Sunday, bright, sunny day, 51 degrees. And that is my forecast. Weather. Yes. <laughs> forecast. <laughs> just looked at me and I was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we're going to be signing off here. Yes. Thank now. you for joining the Rocky Mountain Review. We will be back on Tuesday at four, so it's going to be a long break. But um, <laughs> make sure you come back and tune into uh, to the show, and we'll see you then. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Dylan. Thank um, you. As per usual, and then JD Layton, our national news correspondent. It's always a pleasure to be here. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Gabe Peterson, my co-host, and uh, myself, Julia Badalese. I'm going to thank myself. Um, yeah, you can find us back here <laughs> on Tuesday at 4 o'clock from 4 to 5. Uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, we'll be giving you the news. Um, anyway, yeah, you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Today you heard about election results and Trump visiting countries in Asia, as well as our roundtable discussion on women in sports. Special thanks to our reporters, Bjorn Larson, J.D. Layton, Joe Green, and Dylan Simonson. 
And special thanks to Tatiana Paraphinic Talisnik for stopping by and joining us for Roundtable. This podcast was produced by myself, Gabe Peterson, Joe Wood, and Julia Battalese. You can find these podcasts and more on SoundCloud, iTunes, and KCSUFM.com.